We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to part two of the DFS OGs podcast, covering everything from week six. We'll cover the games. We'll cover a ton of user questions. And again, we'll answer some very important questions, specifically the old do defenses matter, which has been a great battle on Twitter. So we will cover that. But let's get right back into the games here. I am Chris Spearmakers fan. Prince, as always, joined by my boys, my OGs, my homies, Notorious, Chop. How we doing, boys? Good. Good. There we go. Chop's loving it. Derek, how we doing, brother? Yeah, doing well. Not only is it week six, uh, it should be a fun slate, but NBA is right around the corner, too. Yes, sir. Well, what do we got? Six days away from NBA. So we get a little two-game slate with a ton of money out there, and then things kick off for real next Wednesday. So we'll be excited. Maybe we'll mix in a little NBA talk on the podcast each week. We'll see. But let's get started with the games here so we can have some fun, get to some user questions. Derek, we'll get started with you. We got the Rams. We have Denver, the tale of two teams. Denver's looked awful. The Rams look unstoppable. My question to you is, can we play Todd Gurley on DraftKings at the vaunted price of $10,000? Well, uh, I'm going to be going to this game, uh, so I'm oh, definitely excited right. for it. Until I check the weather. I check the weather. Uh, it's supposed to be 30 degrees and snowing uh, with a high of 30 degrees. So, Did I hear uh, snow in October? 
Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be snowing like all day. So hopefully that's going to change. Uh, if not, I will be freezing uh, my butt off in, in, in Denver. What are, you, but, uh, what are you doing in Denver? Getting some smoky smoky? Uh, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, just some friends going out there. Um, just a guy's trip before before basketball starts. And then uh, I won't be able to leave my office for, for a few months. So well, yeah. Don't end up like uh, the one scenario we talked about earlier in the year. Pants off in the hotel room on the floor. Oof. I'll let that Man, happen. no kidding. <laughs> I mean, the pants are on. One, one time of that is enough. So you, you be careful with the old smoky, smoky, as Chop says. Uh, yeah, but that'll be a fun trip. Uh, if, it, if it does snow, it'll be interesting to see how much, uh, you know, we saw some of those games last year. I think it was the Bills game where Deshaun McCoy had like 50 carries for 102 yards or something. Uh, definitely going to set up better for the running backs in the passing game. Uh, but Cooks and Cup both had concussions last week. Sounds like they might play this week, which I was a little surprised about. If they're out, then Josh Reynolds would see a nice boost. Uh, same with Robert Woods. But, yeah, as for your question about Todd Gurley, 10K, I don't think I can pay that price. If I am playing him, I'll play him over on FanDuel at 9500 A little bit cheaper, and the pricing is a little bit softer. Uh, so, yeah, probably just Gurley for me on FanDuel. For Denver, I don't mind Lindsey in a GPP, but he's still only seeing like 40% of the snaps. It's just hard to trust a guy that um, isn't going to see, you know, consistent playing time. I know the the touches have been there each and every week, but uh, we'll just have to see. And then if it's going to snow, probably not going to be uh, too interested in these pass catchers. Yeah, it's hard to be interested in Denver, even though the, the game script says they're most likely playing from behind in case Keenum has not looked good. I can't wait for a little Chad Kelly time. And if Denver gets blown out in this one, I think it's only a matter of time. But, Chop, same question to you. 10,000 for Todd Gurley. The guy's floor is 25 fantasy points this season. I think he can play him. I agree with Derek. 9,500 on Fandle I think is a must play. What do you think? 10K on Todd Gurley. Uh, pass for me. I'm a hard oh. pass. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been keen, even in the NBA, I've never been keen on spending this kind of money on one player for my right. I mean, I guess every slate is different, and the lower, the, the you know, the smaller the slate, the more you really need that guy. But uh, this is a regular size slate. I don't think I need – to have Todd Gurley. I think I could find some decent production for much cheaper and strengthen out the rest of my roster. I've just never been big on paying this kind of money for one guy. So <sighs> does that change for you if Cooks and Cup are out? I just see him being mm. that much more involved in the passing game. Love Josh Reynolds as a value play. I think he becomes a cash game play. But it, let's say one of those two guys are out or even both. Does that change your outlook on Gurley? Uh, I mean, it probably would. Another thing that would change it, I haven't actually sat down and built a roster, so I don't know how hard or easy it is to build a roster. That should also come into your into your thinking. Last week, you know, if, if everything was the same as last week, yeah, I could I could get him in there for sure because there was a lot of value floating around out there. I felt really good about some cheap guys. Not sure I have those guys to fall back on this week. So, I mean, last week it was really easy for me to plug in Valdez, Scantling for Green Bay and some other cheap guys and get on Todd Gurley. That's not the case this week, so not so sure. But, uh, yeah, if, if Cooks and Cup are out, then maybe that changes things up. But then that would also make Robert Woods a must-play for me. So, you know, again, if we're going then by the by the strategy, then they say you're not supposed to start your running back and your wide receiver together. But, you know, everything has uh, everything has the exceptions. But – I don't know. I've just never been big on spending that kind of money. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, and Cooks and Cup is big injuries. If they're, if they're out, Woods becomes the, the guy I have to lock into the lineups just because 
there's very – I mean, they don't use their tight end anyway, and I'm not going to trust Josh Reynolds or anybody else. So, Woods would be the guy who draws about 15 targets, and that would be fine with me. And I'm probably a, a tad bit more optimistic on Denver than you guys. I know this is a tough defense in L.A., but uh, Denver's at home at least. Uh, eventually, Keenum will find some accuracy and get things going. Maybe it'll be this week. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty decent about Emmanuel Sanders this week. Demarius Thomas will probably have the tougher matchup. But uh, I think eventually Keenum has a couple of good games in a row before they take his job from him. So I'm a little bit more high on Denver this week. Well, let's be honest. Chops, chops a Hulk. I know, I know. Homer. Yes, know, I know. That, that U of H hat on, and he loves him. Okay, <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing, though. How could it be? How could it be so really solid in Minnesota this last year, and then he comes to Denver, and now he's a he's a wreck. Like it just goes back to what I said last week about the coaching. It's foolish to think this guy can't be an NFL quarterback because we've already seen that he can lead a team not only to the playoffs, but to within one game of the Super Bowl. So he can be an NFL quarterback, and now he looks terrible. Just coaching means so much in this, in this, in this game, and the Denver clearly doesn't have it, man. No, they continue to play Devontae Booker for some reason when your other two running backs are clearly better. So, yeah, that that's Vance Joseph. It seems like everything's over his head. But, again, the Chad Kelly watch is on, and then I'll be more interested in Denver. So, we'll see. All right, let's move on to the next game. Low total here, Chop. Not a lot to get excited about. Maybe you got some plays here. Baltimore. and Oh, lost my spot here. Bear with me. Baltimore and Tennessee. So, we got a total of 41 in this one. Baltimore road favored, two and a half, three points depending on where you look, and a team that has played well. I mean, Cleveland beat them last week, but overall, Baltimore's played well. Tennessee, another team that that gets it done ugly. I mean, it was ugly last week. Who prevails here, and is there anything of interest for fantasy reasons? It's tough because, if I'm not mistaken, we only have three games, I think, on this afternoon slate. Correct. And two of them feature two of the lowest totals on the entire day. Correct. So if you're playing just afternoon, man, you're going to have to stock up on that Rams Denver game. But you're going to have to find you're going to have to find pieces from the other games to go. In this one, it's an ugly looking game, but I, I think John Brown hasn't really let us down this year. He's the number one guy. He's the guy I would roll with. Uh, if you're looking for a sleeper, maybe Hayden Hurst. I don't know if they're going to move him up, but Mark Andrews got totally uh blacked out last week with a big hit so i don't think he'll play I'm, I'm not sure i haven't read the reports but i would imagine he sits maybe that opens it up for the uh top draft pick to get up in there and get some extra playing time hayden hurst you never know can't mess around with this backfield it's alex collins javoris allen just taken away from each other i really don't want crabtree i really don't like flacco either so john brown man john brown's the way i would go on on baltimore for tennessee this is a tough matchup. Jimmy Smith is coming back. That should make it a little bit tougher on Corey Davis. Taiwan Taylor was a total disappointment last week when I thought he had every angle of that game to finally have a big game during the regular season. Totally let me down. So I don't know if I want to go Taiwan. The tight ends aren't catching the ball without Delaney Walker. The backfield is a split mess. I mean, Mariota is going to depend on Davis to have a big game if Davis gets taken away by Jimmy Smith. He's in trouble. It's just an ugly game, man. I don't know. John Brown's about the only thing that really appeals to me in this entire game. Third and wrong. Derek freaking Henry. Even though I know better. I don't like Derek Henry. I never rostered Derek Henry. I got sucked in last week in a good matchup. 
and this is what happened. So I'm done with Derrick Henry. I'm not going back to that well, especially against Baltimore, obviously. But I think Taiwan Taylor is intriguing. I know he doesn't play a ton of snaps, but the big playability and just going back to guys that were chalked the week before, we've talked about it many a time. So I have some interest there. I agree on John Brown. I think even a Willie Sneed has been a lot more consistent than people realize. He's only 4,100, but seven or more targets in each of the last four games or three of the last four games. So, Derek, break this one down. It's a low total. It's ugly, but any love here, Ravens, Titans. Yeah, I agree with Chop on most of what he said. I do like John Brown in the main slate. He's probably the only guy that I'm looking at from this game in the main slate. He has more air yards than anyone else uh, in this slate, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, And say what you want about it, but, I mean, it does, uh, you know, show how much opportunity he's getting down the field. Um, So I like him in this spot. I like the price point. 14 targets last week. Uh, Hayden Hurst, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on him. I do think he's the most talented tight end, uh, you know, on this team, but probably going to be a wait-and-see approach for me. Uh, The backfield is still a 50-50 split in Baltimore, so no interest there. I will note that Baltimore is ranked number one in plays per game and number two in seconds per play. So maybe this game has a few extra plays in it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure how much is going to help it. Uh, maybe helps the defenses a little bit since there will be more opportunities for sacks and whatnot. Uh, on Tennessee side, yeah, I'm going to pump the brakes on Taewon Taylor. I know he's talented, but I don't really trust the Titans uh, coaching staff. Uh, his snap count went down last week, only 46%. Pretty tough matchup against Baltimore. Uh, so we're going to be avoiding him. I think it could be an interesting Deion Lewis game. You mentioned Derrick Henry's struggles. Uh, we know the Ravens one of the best when it comes to run defense. So maybe it's a Deion Lewis game at uh, 5% ownership. All right, let's get to our last afternoon game here. And, Derek, you get to talk about your Jacksonville Jags to lead us off. Took one on the chin last week in Kansas City. Now I have to travel to Dallas. But this game's been bet up in favor of Jacksonville. Open at one-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now up to two-and-a-half, three-point favorites. But my issue here is the total. 40 and a half. You're missing Leonard Fournette. And Dallas's defense has been pretty good this season. So top 10 against the running back position. What do we do with TJ Yeldon at 6,400? Yeah, this game's pretty ugly. We know what Dallas wants to do. They want to run the ball, control the clock, uh, and keep their defense off the field. Their defense has been decent, but it does look like Sean Lee's going to be out again. So that does boost up Yeldon quite a bit. He's handled 79% of the snaps and 77% of the running back touches with Fournette out this season. I think you can go right back to that well, especially on a full PPR site like DraftKings. He's just going to get those easy dump-offs. Outside of that, not a ton of interest. I mean, no Safarian Jenkins could help out, you know, a couple of these receivers, but I I don't love it in terms of the main slate. On Dallas, there's really only one guy we should be looking at, uh, and that's Zeke. Only 7K on DraftKings. I really like that price point. I like that he is getting involved in the passing game. He's averaging six targets per game. And Dallas still has one of the better run-blocking offensive lines in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, for me, I like Zeke and I like Yeldon. Probably not going to be targeting too much outside of that. Yeah, I mean, Niles Paul stepped in, 2,600, saw nine targets. But don't forget they were playing from behind in Dallas, so one of the better teams so far this season against the tight end position. Now, I forgot, these are your guys' teams going against each other here. You know, uh, America yeah. Jags fan, chop. A Dallas fan, we got to have some kind of friendly wager here, boys. What do we got? So we got a little side bet here, man. There we go. What do we got? Let's put some terms on, on the record. What do we got? <laughs> yeah. What you got, Derek? What you got? <laughs> I feel I feel confident about my boys, okay. man. 
Well, maybe, maybe uh, a jersey bet or a hat bet or a Twitter avatar bet. Come on, we got, we got to do something here. Yeah, yeah, we'll get something figured out. All right, we'll figure something out. But uh, Chop, what do you think here, Jags and Cowboys? Uh, I think that it's a nice, ugly game, and I like TJ Yeldon though. Uh, with uh, what's his name, Fournette out and Corey Grant done. Also, uh, got it. I mean, you just feel like I got to fire up Yeldon here. There's just not much. Not much else they can do here. Dallas does want to muddy this thing up and make it ugly, but I would imagine that Cole or Westbrook, one of them is going to have a good game here. One of them is going to hit a home run here. That's just the way Dallas plays. They, they'll they'll give it up in the passing game. They'll play good for a lot of the time, and then they'll just let one play get by them to where the guy hits a home run. So one of those guys is going to hit a home run. Also, looking for value. You want some value? Maybe Niles Paul is a super cheap tight end you can play this week with Safarian Jenkins out now. And, you know, Blake Bortles maybe he wants to check down a little bit in this game. I'm not sure. Sean Lee's probably still going to be out. So, weakens Dallas's defense just a touch. So, maybe Niles Paul sneaks in there and grabs some receptions for you. For Dallas, it's pretty much a one-man show. It's Elliott, and that's about it. That's all you can really do. Can't trust the receivers because you can't trust the receivers. It's hard to trust Dak. So it's a one-man show, Elliott, and I would prefer not to play him against this style of defense because, you know, defenses, I think, do matter. I don't want to spoil any endings to the show, but I kind of don't want to play anybody against Jacksonville. So uh, it's probably a hard pass for me. Yeah, it's tough to get too excited. I mean, he is so involved, Zeke, in that offense, and he is their offense. But against Jacksonville, tough to pull the trigger. So – Let's get out of that cesspool. Let's get to a game. The, the total is about as high as both those last two games combined. Top 59 and a half Sunday night football. Looking forward to this one. Kind of wish it was on the main slate, but we get it as a showdown slate. We don't have the pricing, but we'll cover the game the best we can here with what we have. We have Kansas City and New England. New England, three, three and a half point favorites at home. I thought that was a little high. Honestly, I think Kansas City goes in and wins this game, but the highest total I can remember. What do we do in this one? Let's try to look at it from the showdown slate. Who are guys that you're looking at for that captain spot? Because there are a lot of choices. Um, you know, <laughs> captain spot, ah, man, if I'm building right now, it's a little bit early. But right now my captain spot would come down to one of two guys. On one side, it would either be Tyreek Hill or Josh Gordon on the other side. Those are the Right now, the – those would be the two I'm leaning on. Maybe Gronkowski. I mean, I like to see the pricing, but I imagine he's still pretty high, though. And I like to save a little money on the on the captain spot. But otherwise, there's not a component to this game that doesn't look good. Like, I don't think you can mark anybody off from the player pool that's in this game that gets any significant snaps. Mahomes is going to do well. Kareem Hunt, we saw last time he was in New England. He absolutely rocked him for the – highest scoring game he's had as a pro fantasy wise Tyreek Hill is going to be a threat Watkins and Kelsey all of them on the flip side New England I love Brady to just absolutely destroy this defense this week I like Gordon a little bit more than Edelman this week and I've not been on Josh Gordon yet but I think that the tides are kind of turning there and Josh Gordon is getting a little bit more familiar with this team so it's only going to pay dividends in the long run if Gronk is actually healthy he he'll crush this game but I still have a tad bit question marks about his health but otherwise I mean everybody's on board James James White's been great 
I know I wouldn't doubt James White still puts up a good game this week, but I like Michelle also. Yeah, I mean, that, this one's going to be fun, Derek. So hit on what you want to hit on here. I agree with Chop. I don't think there's much that's not in play here, obviously, with a 60-point total. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, I mean, you could make an entire lineup, not just a showdown lineup, but an entire lineup that will probably outscore <laughs> maybe your main slate lineup uh, this week just from this game alone. I uh, love everyone here. He has mentioned Sonny Michelle. His yards per carry has increased each and every week. Chiefs are allowing 5.8 yards per carry. Love the spot for him, like James White. Uh, love the Gronk call. He'll probably end up being my uh, MVP or my captain. Um, for my showdown lineups, no Eric Berry. Uh, he's yet to practice this season, and they've just been getting torched by tight ends. So love Gronk. He's been quiet each of the last four weeks. Then on the other side of the ball, yeah, we can just play everyone. Mahomes. Uh, Kareem Hunt's been more involved in the passing game uh, over the last two games. Hill and Kelsey both have a ton of upside. So like you guys mentioned, it should be fun. You can stack both sides. Uh, I definitely wouldn't waste any of your roster spots on uh, kickers or defenses in this one. No, I mean, just on the – I'm looking at the Thursday through Monday pricing, and the Patriots are 2,200, the Chiefs are 2,100. So defense not the way to go in this one. And you can get access to this game if you play the full week slate. I mean, there's not a lot of big tournaments, but – Maybe get some cash game action and just stack this one up any way you can. But really looking forward to that game. I think it could be uh, the game of the year. Let's wrap it up here for the analysis. Then we'll get to some user questions, have some fun with it. But San Francisco and Green Bay, to wrap us up there. Green Bay, big home favorites here. Obviously a lot of injury question marks still with Cobb, with Allison. But the rookie receiver stepped up. The damn kicker, though. Third and wrong, pouring out, whatever the hell we're going to do. Mason Crosby. (laughs) What are you doing? You're taking years off my life as a Packer fan. But let's talk about DFS, Derek. Let's wrap it up, 49ers and Packers. Oh, man, the number of swear words that were said in my house from my wife uh, from Mason Crosby's missed field goals. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Um, but it was nice to see, like, his teammates actually support him. Usually when a kicker is that bad, everyone's just, uh, you know, leaving him alone. Aaron Rodgers over there giving him hugs. They let him kick that last-second field goal just to get some confidence under his belt. But, um, yeah, I mean, Green Bay should run away with this one. It doesn't sound like Breed is going to be able to play. He's doubtful right now. We know Alfred Morris isn't the best pass-catching running back. So maybe this is a spot where Aaron Jones gets going. Basically the worst game script possible. They were down 24-0 at the half. So he basically, you know, didn't see much of any playing time in that second half of that one. So I like Aaron Jones as a sneaky play. Uh, You mentioned just got to wait and see with the receivers. Um, if they're out again, you can go right back to Valdez Scantling. You can go right back to Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, all interesting plays. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, a solid option. Then if you want to chase the Beathard garbage time, uh, he was pretty good at it last week. I know he had the turnovers, but still finished with 28 fantasy points. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, pair him up with George Kittle. I think, uh, you know, he's had been right up there uh, in terms of targets and air yards since uh, Beathard's become their uh, quarterback uh, of any tight end in the NFL. So lots of like in this one. I think it's interesting two games slate too. Maybe the sites will bump up the primetime slate a little bit this week. That'd be awesome. We continue to beg. We continue to ask. So let's get it done. A two-gamer. This this one will be fun to have these two games together. So hopefully we get some bigger prize pools there. But Chop, wrap us up. Monday Night Football, 49ers and Packers. Oh, tough one. Got to wait on the injuries, like you guys said. But um, I guess I'm not – I would love to play some Brieta, but he's not going to play in this game, I don't think so. I can't do that. Uh, Goodwin, we don't know about him. I'd like to play him. 
if he's if he's healthy, he's the guy I would turn to. If not, I'll I'll, I'll roster Pierre Garcon when I give him a shot. Green Bay is a lot more appealing, and you actually hope that those injuries stay true this week to Allison and Cobb. If they don't come back, then we can get in there and get some more cheap receivers. I was all over Valdez Scantling last week. That was fine. If the scenario played back and Allison and Cobb were out, I may just take Equinemius St. Brown this week. I think he may step up and, and do well if he gets the opportunity. He looked he looked just as good, if not better, last week. Just didn't quite get the opportunities. So I might go there. And Devontae Adams is, man, he's matchup proof. That's it, you know. We don't have to consider that anymore. There's like two cornerbacks I don't want him to square off with. That's the only times I wouldn't play him. Otherwise, Adams, you can lock him into your lineup every week. He's matchup proof. So, <sighs> looks good, man. I'm also a little bit preoccupied because I'm sitting here looking at Twitter and looking at uh, this story coming in from Jimmy Butler trying to practice with Minnesota. It's pretty good stuff. I can't, you guys are going to have to get off and go check this out in a little bit. It's funny stuff. All right, we'll check that out for sure. But you know, I agree with what you guys said. The one thing to keep in mind, if you expect Green Bay to play with a big lead here, keep in mind Aaron Rodgers, they will take him out. They'll try to preserve him. And it may be more work for some of these rookie wide receivers. You know, if they're playing with a big lead, you could see more Equinemia, St. Brown, or Jamon Moore, guys like that. So cheap guys you can take a shot on in that Monday night slate. But, you know, showdown pricing, those guys should be cheap. So mix and match, but I think it's pretty much all Green Bay. Run it back with a little San Francisco. I think the Green Bay defense could be in play here as well. All right, that'll wrap up the analysis portion of part two of the DFS OGs podcast. And now we get to everybody's favorite time, listener questions. Before we get to that, guys, any final thoughts on the games? Or do we get right into some nonsense here? Yeah, we've spent enough time on football. That's it. Let's move on. Chop, we don't even need to go to you. But we will go to you. <laughs> when an MD asks a question, guys, and listens to your podcast, you, you take his question, and Chop, as requested, <laughs> said move the, the, the MD's question to the front of the line. So the esteemed Peter Christensen, a.k.a. Draft Cheat, wants to know, life's most important question right now, Chop, do defenses matter? Whoo, buddy, this question is Man, this so it's just so played out right now. Like I'm most, I'm so tired of it, but it's all good. I'll be we'll we'll get our two cents in on it, then then we can bury the subject. All right. So, in a, in a serious note, do I think defenses matter? Of course they matter. But here's where I would uh kind of, I don't want to say I would agree with Josh, but I would say that defenses, the elite defenses, the top two or three, maybe whatever the point is whatever the line you draw there is they really matter and then the bottom ones matter for the opposite effect you know the good effect on the offense but all those teams in the middle I don't you know a lot of that really doesn't matter like that middle ground stuff maybe I you know you don't use it to make your just like maybe we look too far into it well this team is ranked 17th against the run this team is ranked ninth against the run yes there's a slight upgrade there but uh, is it enough to worry about your roster and then the type of player? No, probably not. So from that perspective, the middle, the middle ground defenses probably don't matter as much as people make it out to be. But the elite defenses and the really bad defenses, yes, you need to capitalize on those every week. I pretty much agree with what you're saying. A lot of those numbers, we give them here on the show, but you got to dig in too. Who have they played? You know, a team may be good against the tight end, but if they win against A.J. Derby and – you know, Hayden Hurst and some of these other guys, like, of course they're going to look good against the tight end. So 
you know, you take these stats with a grain of salt, but you got to dig another level and look at things from a macro level. So, yes, they matter, but I agree. The good ones, the bad ones. Derek, any thoughts on this important question that has Twitter ablaze? Do defenses matter? Yeah, people like to argue. I don't know why. Uh, people just love to argue, especially on Twitter. I don't really get the argument, at least on the side that defenses don't matter. Obviously, they do. Uh, I was going to make the same point as Chop, but, you know, uh, when it comes to the best defenses and the worst defenses, they probably matter a little bit more than everyone in the middle. Uh, we still want to lean on volume uh, when it comes to running backs and wide receivers and, and that sort of thing, but uh, defenses do matter for sure. All right, let's let's rattle through some questions here. Going to try to get to as many as we can. We appreciate the submissions and, of course, you guys checking out and listening to the podcast. So let's start with this one from Larry Sorge. What is the most overrated fast food and most overrated TV series? Derek. Ooh, uh, I didn't see this one. Fast food, I guess I'll go McDonald's. I've never been a big McDonald's fan. I think their breakfast is all right, but uh, I haven't eaten there for lunch or dinner many years. Uh, what's the other part of the question? Most overrated TV series. TV series. All right, get, get back to me on that one. Let Chop go. All right, Chop, fast food and TV series. What's overrated? Uh, fast food, Okay. Now, you have to understand, overrated means they're ranked very high. Doesn't mean, I, doesn't mean I disapprove of these things. It's just that they're ranked so highly, I don't think they need to be ranked that high, so they're overrated. Fast food, Chick-fil-A. It's, it's oh, good. I, on, I love, let me oh, no, Guys, geez. listen, I like some Chick-fil-A. I love me some Chick-fil-A. We eat it once a week. I love it. But we're saying overrated. They, people have that rated like number one on a lot of boards. It's, to me, it's a tad bit overrated just because it's so high up there, you know? It's just, you know? So just because of that, uh, I would say it's a tad bit – even though I love it, it's just a bit overrated. So I have to go there. For, for a TV series, again, I'm going to use the same principle. I loved this show, but uh, it it's, gets too high of a – what was that old HBO crime show from about 10 years ago with uh, – uh, the one in Baltimore. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember the name of it, but name pe- people have it ranked like The Wire. The, the Wire. Wire. Yeah, that show was good. That show was it good. was a good show. I did enjoy it. I watched all the seasons. I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. But for people to have that on the like top one or two of shows, that's just overrated. It was There was too many seasons that were a tad bit uh, off to have it ranked that high. So it's overrated by those terms. All right, I'm going to give some hot takes here. Most overrated fast food is In-N-Out Burger. It's hmm. good, It's good, but like you say, Chop, it's one people have way at the top yeah. of their list. I agree, I, think, I agree. I think Sonic is overrated as well. They got a lot of different stuff you can choose from, but oh, not the best. And most overrated TV series to me is Seinfeld. I know a lot of people love it. I'm just not a Seinfeld guy, and people put that up there as one of the best shows of all time. I find it hard to believe, but the wire is a good call as well. All right, let's get to some more questions here. When you were kids, what was the first movie or character that scared you for life? This guy says his was Penguin from Batman, from JVQs. Chop, was there a character or movie that scared the shit out of you when you were a kid? Uh, I mean, just I tell you, the one that they got me was, for some reason, okay, so when I was a kid, my grandmother lived right next door. So I would go spend a lot of time over there. But after a while, uh, like some of the time I would spend over at her house, she wasn't even there. Or if she was there, she didn't really watch me. She was a grandmother. She let me do whatever I wanted. So she would fall asleep and I'd watch whatever I want. So for some reason, one night, 
I got the wise idea to put on Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a kid. <laughs> Man, this Leatherface guy running around with that chainsaw <laughs> scarred me for about 10 years. That was, that was the most traumatic thing watching that, that show. So Leatherface, he got me. He got All me. Right. Derek, anyone stand out to you from the childhood? Yeah, so let me preface this by saying I was the biggest wuss as a kid. I was scared of everything. I couldn't even watch, like, PG movies, and I was scared. Um, <laughs> but, but the one that stands out to me was Gremlins. Uh, you know, those little things. Just Gremlins? Yeah. Dude, there. Oh, you're telling you, man. I'm telling you, buddy. That's like, that's like on the on – the, there were things that were a lot less scary than Gremlins that, that I was scared of. <laughs> I just rewatched that when my kids wanted to watch it. And uh, the part where the dude blows up in the microwave is still classic <laughs> cinema. Mine was old Pennywise from It, man. That, that thing was creepy. Oh, yeah, that's a good clown, one. Man. I, I still don't like clowns because of that thing. So I've not seen the new version. I have no interest in seeing the new version. So let's move on. From Skeeter Robinson says, time to add a fourth member to the DFS OG Mount Rushmore. So I'm assuming he has the three of us. On his Mount Rushmore, he wants you to add one more person. Chop, who you adding? I mean, who deserves to be there is probably a guy like Condia. Right. Agreed. Derek? Yeah, I'll uh, suck up to the old uh, media boss here and go Dan Bach. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Under the radar. Under the radar for sure. But I'm going to go with old Pete Jennings. CSU Ram has been a guy that's been around a long time. has been very successful in the industry. Love to see it. Love to see him running these companies and hanging out with Mark Cuban. And so good for you, Pete. We'll put you on the Mount Rushmore. All right. Somebody want to know about a swiping? I'm going to skip that one. Old, <laughs> old Big Team want to know about wean pieces. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that. So, Big T, I love you, buddy. I love the vocabulary. You, you busted out a workbench reference the other day. We're going to pass on the on the ween piece, though. I mean, <laughs> let's move on to favorite Nick Cage movie. How about that? From ween pieces and wiping to Nick Cage. Bob, what do you got? Ooh, Nick Cage has been in some good movies, man. There's some of his movies I just – I watch every single time they're on TV. The Rock, yes. I like that one. Con Air. It's not, Con Air is not even that good, but when it's on, I just watch it. It's just entertaining. But I'm going to go with uh, one that I remember back when I was uh, younger, growing up. It was uh, like a cult hit not a lot of people know about is raising Arizona. That was a really oh, yeah. good movie. movie. Raising Arizona was one of his better roles. I think for sure. Derek favorite Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Raising Arizona is my mom's favorite movie of all time. Um, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Nick Cage movies to be honest with yes, this, you, but, uh, but I like in your memory. That's all. But uh, I like Gone in 60 Seconds. I thought that was no, good. That was a good one, too. That was good. I'm going to go with Face Off. I like that one. Him and John Travolta. That was an interesting movie. All right, best underdog movie, Rudy or Rocky? Derek. Well, you guys might uh, get mad at me for this. I've never seen Rudy, so I'll go Rocky. Oh, buddy. Wow. Although, so I was at the wow. doctor's office the other day, and this lady's just talking about this guy that went to Notre Dame. She was talking so loud. I could hear her from across the room. There was like 30 people in the waiting room. She told this whole story of uh, Rudy. I, and <laughs> I don't know if she just saw the movie for the first time, if she thought it was a true story, but she was like almost in tears telling her friend about uh, the movie. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> Derek, you got to put that on your to-do list. Even though it's yeah, not a true story, that, that, that did not happen. And Rudy was offsides as well. Rudy so, was offsides. For sure. He was. Rudy's a damn cheater, so I'm going to go a Rocky. I'm a big Rocky fan, so chop Rudy or Rocky. Oh, man. Dude, so tough. Both, both solid movies, but 
actually, if I'm going to give you an underdog sports movie, the best of the best underdog sports movie to me was the bad news bears. Those little, those little clowns, man. I like them. that. Walter Matthau. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good movie. Oh, that's what we, that's what we dubbed my daughter's softball team. Their first year, they're throwing the ball over the field. Nobody can catch. People are picking their nose out in the field and they were definitely <laughs> the bad news bears. So speaking of Stallone, Best Stallone movie. This guy says Rhinestone or Stop or My Mom. <laughs> Let's just answer Best Stallone movie. And I'm going to say it's – I like some Rocky Four, man. That that part when he's in Russia, the old montage, you, you couldn't beat it as an 80s movie. So Rocky Four for me. Chop, Derek, Best Stallone movie. Oh, man, for, for me – you know, uh, I I would I would stick with the Rocky series, and I want I want the Mr. T the Mr. T Rocky movie. I oh, like the Rocky Mr. T three with, with yeah. Hulk Hogan, aka Thunderlips. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was All a good right. one. Derek. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Beard. I like Rocky Four where he fights the Russian guy. That was uh, my favorite. Oh yeah, that was definitely the best. So from another big team, this one is at Trisket three hundred three best Seth Rogen movie. Chop. You know he's he's been as this guy's good man. Seth oh, Rogen's good. Great man. Super bad was good, but uh, I'm gonna go forty year old virgin. I just I watch forty year old virgin anytime I cro- come across that one too. That one's got some funny parts in it. Derek, best Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, a lot of good ones. In terms of my favorite movie that he was in would be Super Bad, but he wasn't really a main character in that one. Uh, I love The Night Before. I think that's an underrated Christmas movie, uh, but I'll go with This Is the End. This is the end. All right, what's the one where he's the, the – they got to go over to South Korea? Him and uh, – oh, the interview. Oh, my movie. God. That was that – was <laughs> that, that one was, was hilarious. So, that one you have to dig around and find, but uh, that was definitely <laughs> hilarious. Those <laughs> together are They classic. got that, that one scene in that movie was just – it had me on the floor laughing when the – when the lady comes to the door to interview him and <laughs> and James oh, Franco's in the background, he's woke up, he's drunk, and Seth Rogen's at the door talking to that lady and wrote, Franco's in the background going, I got some stank dick. Oh, my God, you got to smell this. <laughs> That's just a good – that one just had me dying. Oh, when man, I saw that one. They hate us because they uh, hate us. <laughs> all right, top three fictional sports characters of all time. We, we've talked Rocky. We've talked Rudy. What do we got, Chop? <laughs> Top three fictional sports characters of all time. I'm going to give you three different sports here. Baseball, Major League, Ricky Vaughn. That's got to be one of them on my list. <laughs> what about Willie Mays Hayes? He was pretty That's good. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. Caddyshack, Ty Webb. Who didn't want to party with Ty Webb? Oh, yeah. Ty Webb. The, the Chevy Chase up, role on Caddyshack. <laughs> and maybe my favorite, one of my favorite sports movies, football movies, one of my favorite characters Charlie Tweeter from Varsity Blues, the little oh, yeah. Scott Conroll. role. That guy was a party animal. I like that one. Yeah, my favorite part of him was that in the beginning, I think it was, where he sees that guy and he just gives him the all, like, I'm going to punk you and slam yeah. him into the locker. So, great movie. <laughs> great movie. Derek's top three fictional sports characters of all time. All right, I'll, I'll also start with uh, Caddyshack. I like the, the guy that goes after the Gophers. Um, oh, Bill Murray. Yeah, you know, he's hitting the flowers with his irons. He's uh, talking about the, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Big hitter, that llama. Love him. Uh, also love Happy Gilmore, uh, one of my favorite uh, Adam Sandler movies. And then also go uh, – I'll go Ricky Bobby. Uh, oh, yeah, Ricky, Ricky Bobby for sure. I'm going to add a little Jackie Moon here. If you, if you didn't see uh, Semi-Pro, love some Jackie Moon. And, and you guys hit on most of them. I don't need to add to that. So let's find some more questions here. 
Best morning drink, Chop. Uh, Actually, he said, let's be specific, best yeah. alcoholic morning drink. Oh, man. I've had, I mean, I don't really do that anymore. I've had some days where, you know, the night's carried over to the morning and you're you're still drinking your beer out of the cooler when the sun's coming up and that's I don't do that anymore though but you know I've, I've seen the guys hit up the mimosas for breakfast I don't know what all that's about I don't mess around with that stuff. <laughs> Derek yeah if I'm drinking in the morning it, it's got to be something light so it'd be a mimosa for me yeah same because it's usually after a heavy night of drinking and I, I can't yeah. do the uh What's the one with the tomato juice? Uh, Maybe some Baileys in the coffee. It's What's the bad. tomato juice one? Why can't I think of it? Uh, Bloody Mary? Yeah, then that's just instant heartburn for me, man. I'm getting too old for that shit. So it's definitely <laughs> uh, a little light little light orange juice drink. So favorite snack to have while watching the games on Sunday from Matt Tomino. Derek, what's your favorite snack? <laughs> uh, wings for me. Chop. Yeah. I mean – legit snack just something to like snack on i've i got this this new thing i've been making this year for football it's these muddy buddies with the checks mix and the oh, chocolate and the peanut yeah. butter yes i got that i don't know why but i'm on that kick this year so every every friday night i'll make a whole batch of that and just chow down on it saturday and sunday yeah man the wife made that a few years ago i gotta get that back in the rotation but she also makes uh her own queso dip that is spicy Ooh. It's good, so mm. she makes a whole crock pot of that, and it'll last you about a week, but when the boys come over, always a favorite. All right, this one's interesting. From at Bobby Berger, if there was one guy, dead or alive, that you would like to join on your podcast, who would it be? Chop. Yo, I'm uh, – I am I want Dustin Johnson on this. I want to ask him why he couldn't make it. <laughs> but, <man. laughs> What happened on the stairwell? Is that, that what you want to know? Yeah, I don't, a lot I don't, of questions I could ask. Yeah, him. yeah, lots of questions. But I mean, I would start with I would start with <laughs> the putt. It wasn't that hard, Dustin. You you could have forced the playoff. <laughs> you could have set me up for a while there. Oh, what what yeah. happened there, Bob? That one still stings. I still feel bad for you about that one. So, Derek, dead or alive, one guy to join the OGs. Who would it be? Yeah, I mean, my favorite, uh, you know, sports guy growing up was always Kevin Garnett, and he's just one of those guys that's just so interesting. So I'd like to have him on. Anytime they do the uh, KG's Area 21 on TNT, it's always uh, good entertainment. I'm bringing in a little Ric Flair, boys. He might be dead soon, but he's still alive. And that dude, if you want to party with somebody, you want to party with some Ric Flair. So would love to have him on the pod. We got a few weeks, maybe. We can still get him on here, but. Let's answer the final question from our boy, Brent Hartfield, a four-parter here. So, Derek, I'm going to get started with you. The questions are favorite DFS site ever, first live final experience, biggest nemesis in the industry. We already answered, do defenses matter? So let's cover the first three. Derek, favorite DFS site ever? All right, not even close. Going to be Draft Street, uh, RIP, pouring out for sure. Chop, favorite DFS site ever? I could say draft street, but I'm just I'm gonna go with daily joust to change it up a little oh, bit. Joust was fun you. back in the day. I had a lot of success on draft day back in the day, so that that one holds a special place in my heart. So I'll say that first live final experience, chop. Oh, I think I think my first one was a football. I see. I saw the live finals for a while, and I didn't. I wasn't too interested in it then. Then all of a sudden, I went to Vegas for the RG party, and I realized, holy shit, Vegas is where you want to be, man. So then, then went back home, and I said, I'm going to qualify 
for some live finals now. And so I think it was football 2012 was the first time I went to a live final and it was in Vegas. Derek, first live final experience. Yeah, my first live final was with one of the OGs, with Chopper. Uh, the NBA FanDuel live final. I think the first prize was 50K. Chopper not only took it down, but uh, we made a deal beforehand. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's the first time I met Chop too. Oh, yeah, I remember Chop holding up the big check. Mine was way back in 2010, the first FanDuel final. I swear we were shoved in a back room at Lagasse Stadium. <laughs> 12 dudes. The top prize was 25000 I think it went 25 10 and five, and that was it. Nobody else got paid. If you didn't get in the top three, uh, you were not making any money on that trip. So I had an awful day that day, but came back in 2011 and had a big win. So that was my first live final experience. So biggest nemesis in the industry, and this is where we'll wrap it up. Chop, anyone that, that was just a, a pain in your ass in the industry? Oh, man. It, it's not so much recently because things have changed and there's so many people now and, and I don't even play that many head to heads anymore, but I do remember when I first started or within the, the first year or so FanDuel had just started up and there was a couple guys and everybody knew each other. Everybody who played knew each other. Cause it was only like 10 of us literally on FanDuel playing every night. And uh, I remember uh, there was a couple basketball guys in there and they used to, do that thing where they, they built the same lineups, you know, they, they talked about it and they built who, and it was me against them every night. And it would just, it was just like this bitter thing. And I don't, I don't remember. What um was that? And Omzi. Is that who you're talking about? No, it was before them actually. But I, I do remember those guys too. And those, yeah, that's another good one too. But one of the guys was UCLA. His name was UCLA. And the other one, I don't remember, but it was just every night going back and forth. Like I said, it was a different time and era back then. You actually knew everybody out there that played, so it was a little bit weird. And sometimes it would get kind of heated, man, when you're playing the same guy over and over like that. Oh, yeah, there weren't a lot of options. So those are yeah. my two. You know, Rudzi and Omzi. Uh, Kaiser Roll 13 was a big name back when I started. So it was a lot of battles with those guys just back and forth. And the sites had the little chat room. Like you said, there was only 15, 20 of us maybe on the whole site. So – Man, it seems like a thousand years ago. Derek, biggest nemesis <laughs> in the industry to wrap us up. Yeah, this question proves that we are OGs. Everyone that we're going to talk about, nobody's going to ever have heard about. Um, two came to mind for me. One was a guy named Skittles on DraftKings. <laughs> oh, I remember Dude, that name. He was so good at basketball, and then he just disappeared. I think he just bought an island somewhere with all of my money. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad he stopped playing, I guess. And then the other one, Brett Favre, 444. You guys remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Had the picture of the Jets cheerleader on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just, for every reason, he had a blog and then just came after me. Said he was going to take all my games and made me go broke. Um, yeah. Did he? N never happened, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why he had a problem with me, but I I'm a pretty nice guy, I think. See, I think him and Rudzia were the same guy because Rudzia did the same thing to me back in the day and uh, was not successful. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see these, these guys that used to play so much volume, so much money, and then they just disappear. Who knows? Maybe they're under a different screen name. Maybe they're, they're the siege. Who knows? But hey. that'll wrap us up here <laughs> for part two of the DFS OGs podcast. Guys, thank you for all the questions. Thank you again for listening. And tuning in guys any final thoughts here for everybody before we get out of here for week six chop no i mean we, we we did it we covered it for you those are the games it's early in the week so obviously tune in and everything changes later on in the week with injuries or anything like that so 
Keep your head in the game. We'll be back next week. Absolutely. A ton of tools over there at Roto-Grinders to help you out. If you don't have Roto-Grinders Premium, you're missing out. You know, the lineup builder, the lineup HQ, just so much information out there to make you a better player. Roto Academy, you can get our course over there on player selection, but tons of information, so make sure you get over to Roto-Grinders and check it out. Derek, wrap us up here for week six. Final thoughts. Hey, even if there's a ton of snow in Denver, I will be out there tailgating. So uh, if any of you are out there, feel free to come up, say hi, introduce yourself. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. All right, we'll be looking for you. We'll be checking you on the TV, see if you're streaking through the quad there in Denver. But have a good time, brother. And, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. For Chop, for Noto, I am Beer, saying salut, and we're out of here. All right, boys. I got to run and get the kids. We went a little long. I agree. That's my bad, man. I'll phone <laughs> back the questions next time. So. No, we're fine. All That's right. Good bit. work, boys. Good luck this right. week. Derek, Later. have fun yeah. in Denver. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you. See ya.